you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life, bringing you another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And I am thrilled to be back with you today. I have an amazing guest with me today. That's going to shock all of you, because when do I have a guest? Well, only every episode. But you know, my hobby has been, has been to seek out and bring to you conversations with inspiring people who are doing inspiring things. And I found another one. <laughs> and I would like to introduce my new friend, Mr. Greg Olson. Say hello, Greg. Hello, Dr. Paul. How are you? It's good to be here with you. I am thrilled to have you here. And I want to I give just a little introduction, then you can have a chance to tell us what's really the case. Okay. Because um, I, I haven't known you very long. I think personally about a week or so. <laughs> Does that sound right? That's about right. Uh, but I've known of you for a long time because we have, hanging in our home, probably no less than... <sighs> What do you think, Lindy? About a dozen? More than that? I've got my daughter here, and she is a huge Greg Olson fan. Greg is a very accomplished and very talented artist. And uh, the genre that I see you creating most is inspirational pieces. And art that lifts and inspires, and um, there's a lot of it with some religious connotations to it. And we in our family really have enjoyed your art for a long time. And and so that's how I've known of you. Uh, and I'll tell a little story a little later about how we got connected. But uh, tell us and, and tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what your story is, uh, where you're coming from, just wherever you want to go with that. Well, my name is Greg Olson. Uh, uh, First of all, I have to say I'm a lot more comfortable in front of the easel than the microphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's good to be here. So with this you is today. a stretch today. Yeah, huh? this is a stretch. Uh, I, I laugh every time I'm in a situation like this because clear back in high school, I, I had an art teacher who gave us an assignment to uh, do a self-portrait, and mm. uh, along with the self-portrait, we had to illustrate our worst phobia. Oh. So. My self-portrait was a picture of me standing in front of a microphone, just like this. <laughs> and instead of hair on the top of my head, I had this little glass bubble with, uh, instead of a brain and something intelligent inside, it was just a little puff of smoke. And then coming out of my stomach, th this little door opened and butterflies were just spewing out all over. So I, I just have to let you know that... that this is a stretch for me, but beautiful. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Iona, Idaho, mm -hmm. uh, just outside of Idaho Falls. Grew up on a farm, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the things as a kid that you did for entertainment uh, in Iona were things that you invented yourself because there wasn't sure. much else to do. And mm-hmm. drawing became one of those things that I did just simply to entertain myself. And mm-hmm. and uh, it's been fun over the years to see it turn into, uh, you know, not only a hobby, but uh, the way I feed my family now and provide for ourselves. So it's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So you moved just enough sprinkler to know that you didn't want to do farming, right? <laughs> just enough, absolutely. It doesn't take very many sprinkler pipes to learn that, though. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And this is something that you've had an interest in since you were very young. Yeah, I, you know, it's some strange gene, I think, in our family. I actually uh, have relatives who are interested in the arts. My my dad was kind of a graphic artist. My mom was... Uh, a weekend painter. She belonged to a group mm-hmm. of ladies who would go out and do landscape paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I have an older cousin who's a, a professor of art, uh, at a university. And it just is kind of something that, uh, mm-hmm. that was part of, uh, you know, our, our family. And so my, mm-hmm. my parents were always supportive and encouraged it, not necessarily at, <laughs> as something I would do as a profession, but they, they always made sure I had, you know, sketchbooks and pencils and, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's an interesting concept right there because haven't you found that everybody has an opinion? Oh, absolutely. About what's going to work or what's <laughs> not going to work. Or, absolutely. And I know a lot of starving artists. Oh, yeah. I mean, you it, probably do too. It's a stereotype. It's the quintessential, you know, bohemian uh, sort mm-hmm. of character. And, uh, and it's probably. Uh, a well-deserved thing because it's uh, the creative arts are uh, notoriously difficult for being able to uh, earn a living in. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you Mm -hmm. see at least a huge spectrum of, of uh, financial reward in those areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can starve where you can do, very well, or somewhere in between, or you can go from one end to the mm-hmm. other, depending mm-hmm. on what month it is. So, Yeah, right. Well, there may be some of those principles that we can pick apart as part of this, right. but when, um, you know what, I might as well back up and tell just a little bit about how we got connected. Okay. I've got, I've got my daughter here with me. <laughs> come over here closer, Lindy, because I might need to have you say something. At least come and say hello, will you? Right over here. This is going to make She's me feel a lot better, across. Lindy. And uh, this is my daughter, Lindy. Say hi, Lindy. <laughs> <laughs> She's freezing up. Yeah. She's more comfortable in front of the easel, too, I think. She's a great artist, <laughs> Probably I Probably so. Just a hello. Hello. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Lindy is 12, and she is my pride and joy. I've got three sons, and then Lindy. And uh, she's the rose among the thorns. That's what Vicki and I have called her for a long time. But Lindy is in, remind me, what what grade? You have to say it louder. <laughs> she whispered seventh. <laughs> Lindy's in seventh grade over at uh, Canyon View Junior High. And she had an assignment not too long ago to do a job shadow. And all of my kids have done this in junior high. Well, Lindy, like you were describing, Greg... <laughs> When she was quite quite young, she started drawing and just kind of dabbling around with art. And she's actually pretty darn good. 
she she's way better than I was in the seventh grade. <laughs> well, you've seen some of Lindy's have. stuff, haven't she's you? She's awesome. And so her mom just commented because Lindy has how many prints do you have hanging in your room? You have twelve in your own room. You can speak wow. up. You know, we've Thank got a mic you, here. <laughs> she, we have. I think it was a calendar or something that contained a bunch of your prints and. She'd cut all these out and hung them all over her room, and she's just really admired your art. And so Vicky, my wife, said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, and it was just this harebrained idea, you know, if, if she could do this job shadow with Greg Olson. And it was almost like, yeah, like that would ever happen. <laughs> you know, like, is he a real person? You know, and when you... When when you come up with an idea, sometimes your mind will give you 12 reasons why you can't or shouldn't do it. Are you familiar with that? Absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the, I, I think, the great principles you learn as an artist is to uh, not toss any of those out right away. Mm-hmm. I know, Lindy, you know, when you're coming up with an idea for an art assignment, a lot of times the, the teachers will have us do, you know, 10 or 15 uh, studies or roughs or thumbnail sketches and you don't sit and judge any of them you just whatever starts coming you just put it down and some of them are going to be pretty stupid and and you are going to eventually get rid of them but that's not the time to sit and make judgments because you want that creative uh flow to start mm. coming and so uh it, it's kind of sad that we for some reason, switch into that mode in other areas of our life and just uh, put the kibosh on ideas when, you know, it might, it might turn into something. The mind has this amazing ability to find solutions and opportunities. And at the same time, it has this amazing ability to find all of the reasons why you can or shouldn't do that. And then you get to choose, you get to sort that out. And I've found that most people have a natural knowing where their first impressions are often very, very good if you will follow them and if you don't allow yourself to, to argue your way out of it. So when Vicky said this, my first impression was, well, contact Greg Olson. <laughs> See if it, ask him. Don't say no for him. You know, and so I did. And, and, and I'm glad. To, I am too. We had a great visit. We had a great visit last week. Lindy and I came out to your studio for half a day and uh, had a fantastic experience with that. And now we're having this conversation. And so I think the thing I want to, to underscore and emphasize there is to follow your impressions. Allow those creative ideas that you have to take root and feed them. And go out there and do something about it. We'll continue this in just a minute. Thank you for joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly e-zine, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events, or pick up powerful information products. 
Feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. So just before the break, we were talking about how these ideas will come to you, and they, often they'll come in abundance. And I've found that the more I pay attention to them and respond and, and just follow those promptings that I have, the more likely it is that I'm going to have more. And it's going to keep coming. Absolutely. That, uh, that reminded me, pr- probably one of the most common questions I get is, where do your ideas come from? You know, how do you come up with an idea? And I, I'm reminded of a, something I, I learned from Norman Rockwell's autobiography, and he would get the same question all the time. And he had a little exercise that he would do when he was kind of stumped at a standstill, and he was maybe had a deadline, and he had to come up with some cre- creative ideas, and he wanted to get the juices flowing. Mm-hmm. He would start out by doing just a little thumbnail sketch, a, a cartoon sketch of a sailor standing next to a lamppost, which sounds rather odd, but he said he had to think with his pencil. He had to, he had to start somewhere, so that's the way he always started. And then from there, he would morph that idea into, oh, for example, okay, let's have the sailor climbing up the lamppost, and maybe he snags his pants on... Uh, you know, a screw or a nail poking out of the lamppost, and then an idea would come to him. Oh, maybe a mom stitching up a kid's pants while he's still in them. So here would come Uh an idea from a little exercise like that. And uh, sometimes it's helpful to have little triggers to at least get our mind going. And once it does, uh, sometimes it's hard to stop. And that that can be scary, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, we don't share every idea that comes. <laughs> for some people. Um, and, you know, that's an interesting thing, too, because I've had some conversations just this, just this week um, or over the past week with some clients who felt like some of their thoughts were just unacceptable. Hmm. And we as human beings have a tendency to judge 
ourselves and our thoughts. But you know what, Greg? One of the things I've really come to understand is that that each of us is is endowed and gifted with talents and abilities and desires and dreams that are uniquely ours. And so you talk about being a a farm boy in Idaho and uh, determined not to be a farmer in Idaho at some point, but you developed a love for art. And I'm sure, in fact, you shared with us on Wednesday uh, when Lindy and I were at your studio that there were some key individuals in your life who helped you to see your talent, but also encouraged you to follow your heart on that. Talk about that a little. Absolutely. Well, I I think first I have to thank my parents because uh, they were directly involved. And looking back, I'm, I'm in awe that they were so supportive. I mean, I enjoyed doing it. And, and I guess for a kid, you might say, Oh, he's, he's pretty good. Or, you know, he can, he can draw a horse that kind of looks like a horse. But as I got more and more into it and, and and perhaps they started seeing that it might be something that I would actually like to pursue as a profession. We didn't know any professional artists in Iona, you know? (laughs) And and so it was kind of like saying mom and dad, I'd like to, you know, grow up and join the circus or something like that. But they, (laughs) they still were supportive of me following my passion. It's so parents, as you're listening to this, (laughs) This takes a little bit of soul searching sometimes as a parent. Oh, absolutely. Because you got your own template of what's going to work. Absolutely. And sometimes your your kids are not from that same template at all. And what they're interested in can be foreign. But But again, my parents were supportive even when it wasn't so convenient. I think one of the first paying jobs that I ever received was doing a sign for a, a local grocery store. And, uh, and this was in the middle of the winter and these signs had to be on like four by eight sheets of plywood. And so it was, um, there weren't too many places where you can, you know, I didn't have a studio. I, I usually painted in my garage, especially something that size, but it was so cold in Iona in the middle of the winter that I persuaded my parents to let me come inside and use my bedroom to, uh, paint these signs in. And I remember the lettering was black and orange and it was oil base enamel paint. <laughs> and I set a little TV tray up, one of those flimsy metal kinds, you know, with the little mm-hmm. flimsy legs. And I had two quarts of black and orange uh, paint sitting on this TV tray. And I, I had these big sheets of plywood in my bedroom and it was a small bedroom and I, I tried to move one. And I was standing at one end of the, of the piece of plywood and it started to wave back and forth. I, I couldn't steady it. And I remember it was like slow motion. I saw, it, you know, swing over and hit this TV tray. And both those quarts of black and orange paint went flying all over my carpet, up my bedroom wall and just everywhere. So all the money I earned from those signs I had to use to replace the carpet in my bedroom and repaint the walls. But, but my parents were still in spite of even those kinds of episodes, they kept encouraging me. I think there's a real role also for, for wise mentors 
who see more in you than you may see in yourself. You talked a little bit about your high school art teacher. Absolutely. What kind of an impact did that have for you? Uh, Mr. Whitney, <laughs> he was, uh, I guess you either loved him or hated him because he was, in his art class, it wasn't necessarily a place you went to take a break for an hour during your day at high school. He was very serious. It was like being uh, an apprentice in an old master's workshop, and he expected a lot out of us. Uh, but he he taught us the basics. The, I, I had him for four years. The first year was not really fun as far as, I mean, I enjoyed it, but everyone you know wanted to learn how to paint and stuff like that, but we couldn't even touch color for the first year. We just would draw, you know, still lice. We memorized the ideal proportions for uh, the human head. And a lot of that stuff was math- mathematics. And, you know, we learned perspective and all those kinds of things. But it, it provided a foundation for me that uh, I could build on later. And he was just inspiring. He somehow knew how to get the best out of uh, his students. And from several little farming communities that were uh, pooled together to make up enough students to have a high school. Uh, I know 10 or 12 who were in Mr. Whitney's art class who now make their living uh, doing art. And that's pretty remarkable from little rural southeastern Idaho. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that illustrates to me that... Uh that there are treasures, human treasures within people. And when, when someone shows up, you know, they, they say sometimes when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And uh, when someone shows up for you and inspires you and brings out of you the greatness that is already there, but you might not always see it, it takes a little while to be convinced of that sometimes. It does. Was that true for you as well? No, it, it, it does, uh, especially as youth. Well, not even just as youth. I think throughout our mm-hmm. whole lives, we, we have a tendency to doubt ourselves, to beat up on ourselves, to think the worst, to listen to uh, the negative things that are said and forget every positive thing that, uh, is mentioned, and uh, and that's something we deal with our whole lives. But it's helpful if we can have people who somehow find a way to bring that out in us. If we're having a difficult time discovering how to do it ourselves, people can be a huge influence in our lives. I did a little exercise once where I, I took a piece of poster board, and on a, down at the bottom I, I wrote my parents' names, I started with them, immediate family members, and from there it's, it started looking like a genealogy family tree, but it, I started putting key individuals in there, and all of the things that had happened as a result of, of encountering those individuals in my life. And mm. you know, just one chance meeting might have a huge branch that resulted from that. And so we never know who those people are going to be or how we might be an influence on someone. And, you know, again, that that takes me back to what we were talking about earlier with following those impressions and those promptings that you have, because the solutions 
and the opportunities that you're yearning for are no more than a relationship and a conversation away if you'll follow those promptings and actually do it. I think we're going somewhere with this. (laughs) We'll be right back. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Do you remember watching the futuristic cartoon The Jetsons? Did you ever think it would be possible to put a jetpack on your back and fly around like a superhero? Well, hold on to your purse. Because as of last month, it is now not only possible, there is a new product on the market that you can purchase that will send you soaring like Superman. Glenn Martin's dream of making personal flight a reality is now just that. The Martin Jetpack currently sells for a cool $100,000 and is available online. After purchase, you are required to meet certain agreements and regulations Then, you will be professionally trained for personal flight. The Martin Jetpack can go 63 miles per hour, can take you 8,000 feet off the ground, and can travel 31 miles before it requires refueling. Analysts are saying within 10 to 15 years, it is very possible that we will be personally flying to work and the grocery store. To Glenn Martin, we offer our impressed congratulations for his uplifting idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea, wouldn't you like to know? You probably can't bear it, so I guess I'll have to share it. Management is efficiency in climbing the ladder of success. Leadership determines whether the ladder is leaning against the right wall. Stephen R. Covey. So we're having a conversation during the break that was kind of interesting. And uh, (laughs) my sweet daughter, Lindy, who is sitting right here by my side, we've been sharing this experience over the last week or so, and we're learning a lot. Um, and, And Greg, you've seen Lindy's art. I have. And you have an opinion about it. And I've seen it, and I have an opinion about it. And Lindy, you've seen it, and you have an opinion about it. So whose opinion is right? <laughs> and you know what? We asked you something at the studio Wednesday, Greg, about um, how popular your art is. Because everyone likes your art, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Afraid not. That, you know, there's, there's always going to be someone who has a different view and and what what I had to learn and accept is 
that's okay. You are never going to please everyone. We talked about how, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, she loved everything that I did. And, of course and, she and, did. And that was great. It made you feel good. But at some point, if I only listened to her, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't learn anything or get any better because she would always say, oh, it's great just the way it is. And so mm-hmm. there was that downside that I, I would never learn from my mistakes because she never would point them out. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum are, are people who just don't like anything that you do. And no matter how hard you try, you're still not going to win them over. And so I found... I kind of had to find a comfortable place somewhere in the middle where I could still learn from, you know, mm-hmm. constructive criticism, but I wasn't devastated by people who never would like what, what I did mm-hmm. and, and just enjoy the process and, and be comfortable with who I was and what I was doing. And somewhere out there have an assurance that there's going to be a handful of people at least who will kind of be in sync with where I'm at. And and that's enough. That's okay. You can't please everybody. No. Now, this is something we all have to learn at some point. And I, I've been through a lot of that myself because as a psychologist, I, I've got this idea that I just want to help people to improve their lives. And, you know, they're going to love latching on to the principles and philosophies that are going to help them to be, you know happy and successful and prosperous. And I got an interesting email oh, a couple of weeks ago. And it was from this guy who had listened to an episode of Live on Purpose Radio, and then he sent this email response that basically said, you are the worst psychologist I've ever heard of. <laughs> You're that, laughing. That, that this was painful for me, Greg. <laughs> But you know what? There's there's a line in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where Captain Jack Sparrow is being confronted by two British officers just before he commandeers their ship. And one of them says to him, you are the worst pirate I've ever heard of. <laughs> and Captain Jack says in response, ah, but you have heard of me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing, when you step out of anonymity... You be people will form opinions of you, and I think about my sweet daughter over here who has has an art journal thing that she did for her junior high art class, the one that she shared with you right. on Wednesday, and there's some phenomenal stuff in there. Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. But you know what? There's some people who aren't going to like it. That's true, and that's okay. I think I told you, Lindsay. Lindy, I say Lindsay. I have a daughter, Lindsay. Who? Yeah. Uh, and mine is Lindy. That's right. My daughter Lindsay just had uh, our fifth grandchild last night. So anyway, that's right. Congratulations. So she's on my mind. But Lindy, we talked when you came to the studio. Uh, even in college, as I was studying art, I, I had I had this little experience where every Friday we would have to turn in uh, a painting that we'd been working on during the previous week, and we would have a critique. And in the critique, the professor would talk about our piece and the whole class got to give their two cents. And I turned in a piece that that I had procrastinated starting. I stayed up all Thursday night working on it, put it at the end of the uh, the chalkboard. Mine was the last piece that the, the professor came to and he picked it up and he looked around and he, he yelled out, Whose is this? 
as he held it up in front of the class. And I, I was sitting in the back of the class and I slowly raised my hand and he looked at me kind of in disgust and he goes, Olson, this is so bad. I'm not even going to talk about it. And he took it like a Frisbee and he just flung it. it. It sailed over my head and crashed against the back wall in the art room. And then he said, class dismissed. And I remember at first being devastated and embarrassed because you know, just, I I was humiliated in front of the class, but then I realized I was in art school training to be a professional artist and I would be competing in essence, not against my fellow students, but other professional artists who are already out there, well-established. And if I thought that I could just whip something out on a Thursday night and feed my family with it, it wasn't going to happen. And this professor knew me well enough to know that he needed to get more out of me and that I couldn't just, you know, sneak by. And so really it was the kick in the backside that I needed to sort of wake me up because I'd kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing pretty well. But but to this day, I thank him for knowing me well enough that he knew when when I needed a little, <laughs> a little, uh, extra persuasion so and to not let you just slip by exactly. with, with some mediocre stuff when right. you are capable of so much more right. than that and here's a careful balance then because i think we can we can withhold our gifts from the world for fear of of not pleasing people someone's not going to like this what are they going to think of me what will they judge me will they think that this is subpar or inadequate in some way. And the fact of the matter is, yeah, they will. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, it can be paralyzing if that's what, what we're thinking of. And I found that it, it's so helpful uh, to kind of put those things out of your mind and just follow your passion, find something that you get joy and satisfaction out of. And if you can make that your focus rather than, you know, what kind of a review are you going to get at the end? If you can truly enjoy what you're doing, that's going to be at least a little bit contagious. And you can count on Mm -hmm. the fact that there will be at least a little target audience who feels the same way that you do and maybe that's all all you're meant to to touch to have an influence on is that little focused group uh and if that's all it is that's okay because you're you know you're sharing and multiplying your talent your gift whatever aptitude that is and we've all got something you know it may not be something you hang on a gallery wall or you perform on a stage but everybody has something. It might just be, I am, you know, the world's greatest friend or listener. You know, my wife is a wonderful people person and somehow she can connect spirit to spirit with people almost instantly. And to me, that's a huge gift. So this, this advice that you just shared with the world, dwell with the world with my people <laughs> that little target audience little tar- and isn't it true there's two kinds of people my people and not my people <laughs> right that's right but you're saying follow your passion 
Your passion lights you up. And I think that the, one of the sweet compensations in life is when you finally figure out that true success and prosperity comes from doing what you love for the people who love what you do. Absolutely. That, uh, that is the greatest thing about what I do. I mean, it's a little bonus that at least, you know, this last month I've been able to feed my family and pay the bills. But We'll see about next yeah, month. Yeah, who knows? Mm. But that's okay. You know, I, I, I'm never, I, I, I never dread Monday morning going to work because I, I absolutely enjoy what I do. And if I was to retire tomorrow you know, painting would become my hobby and that's what I would do for fun. And so, uh, it's a treat if you can find something and it doesn't always have to be something that you do as a profession, Mm -mm. but fill your life with things that you're passionate about. And then you're truly living, right? There's a lot of, you know what? I did a podcast with a mortician. (laughs) You're following him. It, (laughs) It was months ago, but he said, he said, you know, death is more universal than life. Because every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And I think that's what we're talking about. We've got one more segment. Stick with us. You know, in today's world, people have become much more conscious of their health and wellness. Finding new and effective ways to combat the effects of disease, aging, and poor nutrition is more important than it ever has been as we look to improve our own life and the lives of those we love. Hi, I'm Micah Kagi, and a few short years ago, I discovered a company called Kayani. Kayani is a rapidly growing nutritional supplement company that is marketing in over 20 countries. Kayani's products combine the nutritional benefits of well-known superfruits with Nobel Prize-winning research and breakthrough science. Not only does Kayani help to improve health and wellness of families, but through the amazing business opportunity that it offers, people like me have been able to create financial freedom. Kayani has the power to change your life, regardless of where you are or what your needs may be. Whether you are new to network marketing or a seasoned veteran, you will find that Kayani has what you've been looking for a well-financed, growing company with proven management to generate immediate income and the potential to allow normal people like you and I to succeed if we are willing to put forth the time and effort. Kayani is a proud sponsor of Live On Purpose Radio. To learn more or to join our exciting team, please visit liveonpurpose.mykayanilife.com. That's liveonpurpose.mykayanilife.com. All right, we're running out of time before we're running out of topic. But you, you just you flew right by something that I think requires a little more attention. When you said you get up and you go to work on Monday morning, you get up. And, you're an artist. You work for your. You, you don't really go to work, do you? <laughs> well, sometimes it's in my pajamas, but I, I do get to work. No, I think that that is incredibly important, and as much as. You know, I'm having fun when I'm out there. Uh, 
that's something I'm conscious of is that you simply have to put in the time. None of those paintings paint themselves. Mm-hmm. There's a certain number of hours that you just have to put in. And again, I, I thank my art teacher in high school, I think, for developing or helping to develop that that work ethic. I He would give us assignments to fill sketchbooks with you know, drawings that we did outside of class. Uh, he would give us an assignment and and instead of, you know, one one poster, one painting, I would do three different treatments of it. Um, it. I had an older cousin who was an artist and he was prolific and, and he was an inspiration as far as work ethic because I knew he had, uh, I knew what kind of time he put in Mm-hmm. And I used him as a role model. And so I thought, okay, if he filled up 12 sketchbooks during the summer, I'm going to do the same thing. And, and that sort of thing. And I know by the time I was out of high school, I had probably done hundreds of paintings and spent thousands of hours doing my craft. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back, but just saying it, it was something that I was so passionate about that I went the extra mile. I wasn't the best art student, but but I've seen students with less talent uh, surpass other students who had more natural talent, but maybe were a little mm-hmm. lazy about it. And that the hard worker seems to always pass that person by just because uh, you have to put in the time. That's... So consistent with what I'm learning as I share the mic with successful people. What, whatever the industry, whatever the, the passion is that they're following, whatever game they choose in their life, there are a few consistent principles, and I think that we've hit several of those today. One is follow your heart, follow your passion. There's a reason why you were given the dreams that you have. Another one is Surround yourself with wise mentors and teachers and coaches and people who know how to play this game already so that you can receive the wisdom of the ages, basically. And then get to work. <laughs> get to work. You've got to put the brush to the canvas. You've got to put the pencil to the paper in order for anything to appear there. Oh, so true. I think... Uh... I think as you're doing that and as you practice, though, you touched on this, uh, practicing uh, imperfection over and over again doesn't always help us, you know, become perfect. And so Mm -hmm. I always tried to find some heroes, some people that I could emulate in my field, artists who I really admired. Sometimes I would actually copy their paintings or as, as I started developing this into a business, I would I would uh, study, you know, where am I seeing their work? What mm-hmm. galleries are they in? What publications am I seeing their work published in? Uh, and then I would try to figure out how can I get my work in those same places or how can I come up with the same effect that they're creating in, in a work of art? And even though every path is, is unique and different, there's a whole lot of stuff you can learn by... Uh, emulating people that you admire. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm thinking of all of you listeners out there who are thinking, well, gosh, you know, I really would love to do this or that, but... And then there's always this big but that follows, you know. And I'm thinking, Greg, you've you've had some experience with success. I don't know if you even see yourself that way. <laughs> yeah, my, my job is pretty much as it's always been. I mean, I spend my time pretty much like a hermit out in the studio. And then the mm-hmm. work goes out and has a life of its own that I'm not always connected with. So, no, mm-hmm. that... that that concept doesn't really register with me very well. <laughs> Which is an interesting concept, because how are you going to know when you're succeeding? Well, I think you mentioned it, really. The true success is not you know, measured by uh, necessarily a, a financial statement or by mm-hmm. fame or uh, awards or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if every day, you know, you get up and you can find something to be excited about, something to find joy and happiness and pleasure in doing, and if that maybe spills over to where you're able to serve some other people as mm-hmm. you're doing it, bring some uh, positive thing into their lives, it's really hard to describe something that's, you know, more positive or successful than that. I well, think. it could be better. Yeah. And as you bless the lives of other people, then it has an interesting side effect, we might call it. Maybe it's a strategic side effect of bringing in income or possibly achieving some sort of fame or, or um, notoriety where, where people notice you. But that's kind of like the Captain Jack Sparrow thing. And it's got upsides and downsides. And when people start to notice you, they're going to have an opinion. So go do it anyway. <laughs> That's true. And some of those opinions will be favorable and, and they'll be pleasant and welcomed. And some of those opinions will be harsh and critical. And you're going to get both if you step up. Step up anyway. I agree. It's, that, that was something that surprised me is... I, I, you know, I thought maybe it was possible <clears throat> to please everyone, and 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 that's been something I've, you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe secretly hoped for. But that's been something you still do, kind of, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you realize it's not going to happen. But it's okay. It is. It's okay. So take your gifts, who whatever they are, take your gifts and start to share them with the world. And Greg, you're a great example of doing that. And thank you for what you contribute to this world through your gifts. I want to make sure that people have a way to get connected with you and to um, to form an opinion about your <laughs> art. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're okay with that? I'll read the reviews. Yeah. yeah. You can read them or you can toss them. You know, I... I think I read, uh, it was from Wayne Dyer, I think, who, who gave a speech once, and, and he received a whole bunch of, of remarks or, or critiques of, of his presentation. Some of them were positive, some weren't. But all of the hate mail, he had this, this mimeographed form <laughs> that he would return to them, and, and uh, it basically said this, I'm sitting here in the smallest room in my house, 
You know what room that is, right? <laughs> With your letter before me. Soon it will be behind me. <laughs> That's good. I got in trouble with Lindy for that one. Okay, some people actually hang my work in the smallest room in, <laughs> in their house. In the smallest room in their house, that's right. So, to form an opinion about Greg Olson's art, you can go to a website. It's www.gregolson spelled o l s e n art.com. Yes, or just or Greg just gregolson.com. Gregolson. And that'll get you there too. And I noticed when I typed that in it redirected me to gregolsonart.com. But either one's going to get you there. And there's a gallery there. There's a way for you to purchase uh, prints or or the products that you're making available through your art. What else do you want to say about that? Oh, that's just been a fun thing to uh, sort of get some additional exposure. That's the other thing. We have so many great tools on the planet today. To you know, Whatever you're doing, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a way to share it these days. And there's a way to find right. an audience for your passion. And that's been a fun thing. Now, your kids have kind of pushed you towards social networking, too. <laughs> yeah. And you can find Greg Olson on Facebook. <laughs> there is a fan page. Just go up to, um, to your little search bar on Facebook, type in Greg Olson, and click on Pages. There's a fan page you can join. And you've got a neat little promotion going on where you're giving away a print. Yeah, we give something away every week in a little every drawing. Week. All you have to do is... Go to the Facebook uh, fan page and type in Greg Olson Giveaway or leave a comment and you'll be registered that week for our our free giveaway. Sometimes it's a book Mm -hmm. or a print or a DVD, but it's just something we've had some fun with and a little way to say thank you for all the people or that little focus group who has who has been supportive over the years. For your people. Yes, for my people. (laughs) And folks, if you're like me, you'll want to become one of Greg Olson's people. And if you're not, that's fine, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Lindy and I are going to remain fans for a long time. Well, thank you, Dr. Paul. And Lindy, this has been great. Hope to see you again. Thank you so much for joining us at Live on Purpose Radio, Greg. And everybody else, go out there and live on purpose. Purpose.